Welcome to Dance Matters Podcast, a place to be inspired, motivated and educated. A place where we invite performers to share their stories so we can celebrate all things dance and the performing arts. We're your hosts, Kaylee and Charlie. Dance Matters Podcast is proudly brought to you by Crystallized Costumes, the place for all your costume needs and adrenaline dance competitions. Today's guest, James Morris, is an incredible choreographer whose star is on the rise. At seven years of age, he attended a summer camp which ignited his passion for dance. By the age of 12, he started taking his training seriously and had the opportunity to work on Candyman the Musical. At 15, James moved to Brent Street to study in their BSA program. But it wasn't all a straight projection into consistent work as a professional dancer. James found the inconsistencies of life as a performer challenging and instead he found a deep passion for teaching and choreographing. James now works at a range of studios and is highly sought after for his unique choreography. So much so, he choreographed over 75 solos last year. But before we discuss the highs and inevitable lows of the dance world, let's first take it back to a young, energetic James who was spending his time at gymnastics more than dance. I did gymnastics and I was like a very energetic kid. I believe you fell in love with dance at a summer camp when you were just seven years of age. Was that the first time you had taken a dance class? It was. That was the first time I actually went into dancing and yeah, loved that. did some musical theatre, some jazz. And what was it that you loved about dance? What drew you to it? I feel like just the movement and being able to have fun. Back then I was really into like all the energetic stuff, like jazz really I loved and I was really loving singing and stuff I was doing lots of singing at school and stuff too so the music theatre aspect drew me into it as well so that's when I kind of stopped my gymnastics and went straight into that as well also I was already quite flexible then so I think the studio at the time was really like oh my goodness the boy who can do the splits <laughs> so that made me more excited so at seven you started to take some dance classes what was your training like growing up I started off pretty like basic it was more like recreational I did just some comps it wasn't until I was probably about 12 where I started doing like the 12s and the 14s and then when I was 14s I did like 14s, 16s and seniors and then I went to Brent Street BSA when I was 15. So I did like the schooling there, my school by correspondence and that was more hectic as well doing basically full time at 15 years old but yeah so it slow start and then it really took off after that. And did that sort of schooling suit you? Yes, for me definitely I was very distracted at school like I would always be moved I wasn't naughty but like wherever I moved I was just like talking to the kid next to me and I really enjoyed like the school by correspondence I could kind of do it at my own pace and I knew I could get that work done still and we had teachers there so that was really helpful as well so yeah it suited me I think. You did Brent Street full-time why did you choose that course? Well I was already there from when I was 15 I think Having lots of my friends going into that, that definitely was a big aspect of it. But, I mean, you look at the people who come out of there, like a lot of the industry professionals have come from Brent Street at some stage. And I think, yeah, that's really the main thing for me. I like like seeing what is produced and then that's what kind of made me change my mind to go towards that. Would you recommend that course to others? Definitely, yes. That's, yeah, I, I loved Brent Street while I was there. And what is it about that course? What drew you to that more than, I know you were there already, but why would you pick that one over other places? There's lots of full-time courses now. 
So there's certain teachers that do not like travel to the other studios. So for instance, Cameron Mitchell was a big person that I really was inspired by. Cassie Bartha at the time as well. I had Beth Morris who wasn't traveling around and they were teachers that I really loved and who really taught me a lot while I was there from 15 to 18. And that's probably the reason why I wanted to stay there. You attended Pulse Dance Convention where you won a scholarship to attend classes at Broadway Dance Centre. Did you head straight over to New York to train there? No, so I was over there and I went there with full-time as well. So that was awesome. There was only about three of us out of the 40 or something who got a prize of some sort. So that was really exciting. But the scholarship only lasted like six months or something, so it expired. So I didn't have the funds or anything to go over within those that time. It would have been awesome, but, yeah, I just wasn't able to. What was your first job as a professional dancer? So during full-time and stuff, I did little, like, gigs, like a Bollywood gig and just little things here and there. But my first proper job, I did a show with Dance Editorial. But the show was called Love is Love, and that was, there were six of us, six were the mains, and then we had, like, an ensemble group as well who was kids still in school, and we travelled around to, like, Central coast and did like around Sydney as well so that was pretty cool that was my first job you were involved in Candyman the musical what was that experience like that was awesome I do wish I could remember it more I think I was like 10 or 12 years old at the time so I didn't quite take it in as much as I wish I did now because back then I was like oh I'm doing something fun mum's gonna come watch me grandma's gonna come watch me but I remember like being backstage at the Lyric Theatre, I mean, we met a lot of the cast, so it was a really cool experience. I just wish I knew what I was actually doing at the time. Has it been difficult finding work in Australia as a professional dancer? Yes, definitely. I think in Australia, yes, there's lots of things that you can do, like little trips where they, like you go overseas or something for two weeks or something, and that's more common probably, or was at least when I was trying to get work. But I think for me as well, I'm quite short, I'm quite slim. So for me being like a commercial dancer, it was a lot harder for me to find work for like X Factor and all these things where they want a lot like more muscular men. But I found it okay, like for working on the cruise ships and stuff that I did, it was, it worked out okay for me. (laughs) As you just mentioned, you worked performing on a cruise ship. What was that experience like? That was awesome. I definitely, definitely recommend that. I did two cruise ships, so out of full time I did a couple shows and then I worked for Royal Caribbean and then after that I went on Norwegian cruise lines and just it suited me like traveling and working at the same time. Like I've now been to over 40 countries and I'm just like stoked. I enjoyed the shows. I learned some like aerial work, which is like where you like learn some straps. So I was like swinging from the rope from just my wrist. And it's definitely, you learn a lot of things and you see a lot of things. You meet a lot of new cultures, like new people, which was probably the best part for me rather than the dancing, but definitely recommend it. I absolutely loved it. You do a lot of choreography. When did you start choreographing? I think I choreographed, started choreographing when I probably, I was 17, I think me and my friends made a bet. We were like, let's do our own student choreos and put it in the Stedford. At this time, they didn't have like the student choreo sections. So we just put in a random section. She ended up pulling out. But I think I came first with that one, which I was stoked about. And then I started teaching at studios probably a little bit later that year as well. So I was still 17. Which do you enjoy more, choreographing or performing? This is a tough one. I think now a little bit more choreographing. I think I really, I still love dancing. and I still go to classes here and there, but what I do like, five days a week now is teach so I think I've just really gone towards that and I still love it it's not like I miss dancing or anything because I still do both but I think now I do prefer paragraphing. Where do you get your inspiration? I think I get 
my inspiration from the kids. So, well, I'm inspired by their work ethic. So if they really go for it, they really want to get better, which makes me want to get better as well. Seeing them like really thrive and really driven, like I don't want to come into class and be like, oh, I don't really know what to do. Like I really want them to be like, yes, like let's go for it. And I think that's what inspires me the most is kids. How would you describe your choreographic style? Ooh, very shapey. So I love my shapes. I love my strength. I would say I do lyrical and contemporary, but I'd say I'm more lyrical, but I love, I guess I would say more commercial lyrical rather than like old school or aesthetically lyrical. I really love putting in a lot of strength, a lot of like the stories. Obviously, like don't get me wrong, I do the tricks and everything else, but I think more about like yeah, the shapes that I said earlier. How long does the process take? So let's say someone comes to you and says, I want a lyrical solo. Do you go and find the music first? What's the process like for you when you come up with it? I kind of ask them what their style is and like whether they think they're a softer or stronger dancer. And then I'm for the kids I have now, like I generally I find the music. Sometimes if they send me songs, I absolutely love that because my Spotify is definitely running out. But yeah, pick the song, I cut it, and then I'm actually very quick with choreography. I can do it within like two hours. Most of my kids, I do it, and then like we just do some cleaning lessons a bit later. And do you have to pre think that, or do you just turn up and you can work with the dancer and see the shapes they're making, and it all comes to you in that moment? It all comes to me in that moment. So, solos definitely on the spot, but for groups, I definitely need to plan because like, I've had groups that have done super well when I've not planned it, and I've had groups who I just wasn't happy with. So, I definitely prefer to plan my groups now because I find it I get a lot more out of it and you do now a lot of teaching in studios have you been teaching did you say since you were 17 yes I started when I was 17 just at a local studio in the northern beaches where I'm from and then um, I had a couple years off doing the cruises but yeah I I love my studios that I'm at what's your favorite thing about teaching dance my favorite thing about teaching dance I think is seeing the kids grow it's probably the saddest thing too seeing them get older but I love watching them improve and seeing that what I'm doing is making an impact on them I feel like that's my favorite thing yeah seeing them improve and what's the most challenging thing about it I've gotten a lot better now but when I was first starting out I found that I would get like quite stale quite quickly and I would lose ideas or kind of lose motivation so like trying to keep on like beating myself in a way so for instance this year in 2022 I had a really good run of routines and my routines did super well so next year like I know I'm going to stress out about like doing even better than I did this year like keep on wanting up myself I really want to keep on improving myself rather like as well like as well as the kids I really want to making sure that I'm doing better too I feel like that's going to be hard (laughs) when you're coming up for with a combo for a class how long would you work on that for Sometimes it could take me 40 minutes. Sometimes it could take me three days. I sometimes get frustrated and I'll get halfway through and I'll just chuck it out and I'll make a new one. So it definitely varies. Yeah. And how many solos would you say you've done in the last year? Oh, my goodness. So I checked at the end of term three and I think I'd done 60. So now around 75 probably. It's a bit slower this term. But, oh, my goodness, too many. <laughs> okay, so you're coming up with 75 solos. How do you make sure that they're all unique and individual? I think for me I really try and base it off the kid. So I don't just choreograph a blah, 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 blah. That's why I think I don't like to plan it. I think for solos, I really cater towards the kid as much as possible. I have noticed sometimes where I'll do a certain trick or something out of a trick too many times and I then have to like think of new ways to do something, which I think I enjoy that too because it's like I notice a pattern or something or it's good. So at one of the studios that I teach at, we have a solo class. 
So the kids just come in and they run their solos. And I've seen like all like six of my solos all lined up in a row going bam, 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 bam. So it's good being able to see that as well. I can see like things I may need to change or yeah, it is hard, but I think I do a good job of it. And as a teacher, are there training things that you keep doing to keep making sure that you're on top of what's going on and the latest trends? What do you do to keep yourself current? Definitely research, research, research lots on social media i love watching dance videos and when i go on like tiktoks even it's just like scrolling through all of that i still go to class i went to a paris class earlier the year i go to cameron mitchell's classes still a lot so going to those things uh, i feel like is super important even as a teacher even if you don't want to dance anymore i feel like research is your best friend but for me i still like going to class and experiencing it myself get like inspired again or going to things like ADF or some like dance conventions that too really inspires me as well. What are the things that you're currently working on? Well, seeing as it's the end of the year I've got a nice little break for once but for now I'm just trying to get um focus on what routines I'm starting next year. I've got like eight or nine routines starting bam term one so I'm kind of trying to get started on all of that now. Are you enjoying that career as a dance teacher or are you wanting to still pursue your own professional dancing, performing aspect? No, I, I think I'm going towards more of the teaching now. I've said before the only thing I would do now, I would audition for New Season Musical if it came out. That's probably my dream. But other than that, I'm yeah, I'm pretty set on teaching now. I really do love it. What does it give you? What sense of fulfilment that you weren't finding in performing? I think the stop and start, the come back from a cruise ship, don't have work for two months. You know what I mean? So I think I really enjoy having the weekly routine. And I even when I get little gigs, like well, I get an extra five hundred bucks here and there, but it's not sustainable. I like I have a mortgage now. I need that consistency so yeah I think I really enjoy that and I still get like my holidays and stuff but I yeah I like knowing what I'm going to be doing every week and what would you say have been your greatest achievement so far choreography wise one of my girls just won talent tribe so she's up to New York next year one of my girls have won showcase champ so she went to Europe and just every year at the end of year showcases seeing all the students improve and seeing them achieve like what they want to their goals just leaving little things in like technique class, they get a double leg turn or they get a new flip. I'm like stoked for them. That's my, like, that's my favorite thing ever. And are you teaching technique classes too? Yes. Yeah. Technique as well. This year I did like some just like jazz combo classes and lyrical technique and contemporary. They're my main ones. What would be the foundations you think are important for children to have technique wise? Ballet. Ballet, 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 ballet. We also at um, my studio Elite um, Performance Studios, we have PBT as well, which is awesome for the kids. Technique, I think, is super important. When I was growing up, we didn't have a technique class. We just said, okay, we're going to do 10, 15 minutes of corner work, and it's just like you just do kicks down the room, and that's about it. But fundamental-wise, ballet and progressive ballet technique is amazing. You're still starting out in your career. You're still really young. But what have been the biggest challenges that you've faced? I'm sure everyone would have said this, but COVID for sure was massive one zoom just really took out of a lot of people and i think i've noticed that coming back into the Stedford scene um, for groups and stuff some different people like i just kind of give up in a way i'm super fortunate like the students i teach were really driven throughout that time and they are like kind of all pushed each other which was the best thing to see and like i said earlier another challenge is just kind of keep on trying to one-up myself every every time every new routine or every new solo those are the biggest ones why do you dance I dance simply just because I love it. There's just not a better feeling than being on stage and people who you love supporting you. And it's just, 
there's also not a better feeling of, say, when I was doing my ships, the feeling of having that group, having that community of everyone who just loves what you love and will support you no matter what. It's like nothing else. What advice would you give to your 10-year-old self? Research. I feel like researching different choreographers, looking more into your history, like Gene Kelly's and stuff, like looking at now probably for the younger age, like Kelly Abbey and Matt Lee and everyone, really doing your research because I probably didn't do that until a few years ago just because I just didn't want to. I always heard it my whole life, but definitely that and also just work a little bit harder. (laughs) What are your goals and dreams for the future? Just to keep on improving myself, getting better, as a choreographer, something I would love to do eventually is choreograph a piece for like a contemporary company or to sell a show to a cruise line or to choreograph a show, something like that. Those would be something that's like on my bucket list for choreographing. Where can people follow your story or get in contact with you? They can follow me on Instagram, which is at Jamesy with four S's and a Y at the end. That's pretty much it. My email's right there if they want to contact me. James underscore Morris at live.com.au. Well, James, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me, guys. Thanks, James. Thank you. Bye. See you. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Dance Matters Podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, please share it with a friend or on your socials. It would be greatly appreciated if you could head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a review and rating. That helps the show reach more people so that we can keep bringing episodes to you. Make sure you check out Crystallized Costumes whenever you need your next costume. And Adrenaline Dance Competitions for well-run dance comps. And if you haven't caught up with all of our other episodes yet, head on back and check them out. There are some incredible stories waiting to be heard. Remember, listen, love and learn. Bye! Bye.